Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio. We are one of the top-rated shows about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. And today, I'm going to be speaking with attorney Latanya Moore, and she's going to be sharing useful tips for dating single dads, both from the father's point of view, to help dads, to help moms. Dating after divorce can be full of challenges, and um, I'm really excited to talk to Latanya in just a few minutes. And as a dating coach, I deal with a lot of women who date after divorce, and many times they have never had a healthy relationship in their entire life. And I want you all to know that it is never too late. You are never too old. My mother is 85, and she is dating after her divorce and her second marriage where she had lost her second husband to Alzheimer's. But I got her up online, and she had some really nice dates. I mean, she's frustrated just like everybody else, but it is never too late, and you're never too old. And and really, what what this show is and what I do and what LaTanya is doing today is to help you gain the skills that are necessary to be a better human first and um, and to be more aware of the things that you do or say that you're not even aware of that could be unconsciously pushing away the very people that you're attracted to. So that is my goal. And um, I believe that a woman of value attracts her best partner. And every week I bring you a tip about how to be a woman of value. And actually, these tips can go for men or women. So if you're a man and listening, this tip is for you too. And this week's tip is choose love over fear. Love and fear cannot coexist. And so you might be afraid when you're in love, but when you choose love over your fear of doing something, that you choose the reason why that you want to, you want to get into a relationship or, or the reason why you want to achieve a mission in life, there's going to be fear that comes along with it. And you're going to want to stay in that comfort zone and, and not take risks. But without those risks, you will never feel that full sense of love and passion in your life. So I really encourage you to choose love over fear. And every time you're faced with choosing something that scares the hell out of you but will grow you as a person, really work through that fear and just go for it because life is short and I want you to have the best life you can. Um, so... Uh, on my website, lastfirstdate.com, I have tons of tips and tools. There are over 700 blog posts, I think. I have like a ton of blog posts up there. So if you want to know how to date with dignity and self-respect and to value yourself, go on over to lastfirstdate.com after the show, and you can grab a, a free guide called The Top 10 Reasons Why Men Pull Away or Disappear. And please join my my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. So if you're a woman over 40 and you want support, because support is so important in this process, and any process really, having 
community support really helps you to get through any challenging situation. Um, so go on over to your last first date after the show, and, and you can ask to join. All right, so now I'm honored to introduce our guest today. She is an attorney. Her name is LaTanya Moore, and she's a family advocate who seeks to help fathers find their voice in and out of the courtroom. She is on a mission to raise awareness of the impact of the inequities in family court systems and how it has continued to perpetuate family decline. LaTanya offers real-world tips for single parents on how dating impacts their lives and how to protect themselves from false claims from the other parent. Join me now for episode number 260, Useful Tips for Dating a Single Dad. Welcome to the show, LaTanya. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to get to get started and jump right in. So, um, first of all, what made you decide to focus on this topic? You know, it, it, it's really interesting because I didn't quite set out to, to do that. It It sort of chose me because what was happening was that I would get a lot of referrals, believe it or not, from faith-based organizations that were dealing with families and typically fathers in crises, and what they were finding was that there really were no resources for fathers, fathers mm-hmm. that were that were struggling. They're really, all of the resources were, were very much geared towards mothers, and it started out with, honestly, people that I know, and they were saying, could you help this dad or that dad, and then that dad told the dad, and it sort of just started, uh, it, it really made me see that there was a need there that was not being filled. Mm. And and that is often how we end up doing the work we do, I think. You know, we see the need. We didn't start out wanting to. But I love that you help fathers because there really is a rising uh, number of people who are supporting men. Uh, men are becoming much more emotionally aware and knowing that, that they can find the resources that will make them a much more conscious parent, conscious partner. Um, so I love that. Um, so let's let's talk about dating um, post-divorce. So we have the custodial parent, the non-custodial parent. Often we have joint custody, but in many cases still we, we do have non-custodial parents. Um, so so let's talk about the issues that come up for the non-custodial parent when it comes to dating. What are some of the things that you see? Partly what I see is that there there starts off a really just a, a willingness to, to co-parent and, and everything is fine, but as soon as the non-custodial parent gets into a, a relationship with someone else, then there's the problem. So sometimes there's a situation where, unfortunately, the non-custodial parent is not as present as they were prior to mm-hmm. starting this relationship. That always starts an issue. The The other side of it is that sometimes the kids will now come home and they're talking to the custodial parent about, you know, mom or dad's boyfriend or or girlfriend or something that happened, and so now you have a lot of issues that start to arise. And it's really what I've noticed is that it's really a territorial issue. There's some unresolved emotional and relationship issues between the parents, 
and unfortunately the children become a pawn. And mm-hmm. at that point, I've seen where the custodial parent will, will start to restrict access to the child for the non-custodial parent, and it, it will start off as things like, oh, well, not this weekend, maybe let's that's week, maybe next weekend, let's reschedule until eventually there, it becomes parental alienation. And a lot of it, the root of it starts when the non-custodial parent decides to have a life, and it, it really gets very, very ugly. Hmm. Yeah, I hear that. And as a as a divorced mom myself, um, I think no matter what you do, you always have to focus on your kids first. So I know that when I when I started dating, it took me two years to to really be ready to date, both for my kids' sake and also for my own. Um, but I sat my kids down and I I told them what what it was going to be like for them that I would never introduce anyone unless it was serious and that I would you know, never expect them to be in relationship with people I dated unless it became long-term and, you know, that I would do it with consciousness. And unfortunately, a lot of parents do not do that. Um, And it is also – everything okay there? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, just I'm hearing some noise. Um, It's also important to, um, no matter how bad things get, to never say to your kids – go live with your other parents because you're really just too difficult to be with. Um, so that there can be issues there, too, where kids feel like they're getting abandoned. And um, parents don't always realize the extent of the damages that they can cause if they're not sensitive. Have, have you seen anything like that in the court system? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that I read a great blog article that gave one one piece of advice that I think is so vital is never when your children go to visit their other parents should you ever send them with a suitcase and vice versa because mm-hmm. at that point they feel like visitors in what should be their own home even though it's not you know it's not their their main place to live and and the reason that I bring that up is I think that there there's a I, I want to say it's almost unspoken, but we see it happen all the time. There's there's almost a situation where there's a home and then there's not a home, and so what happens is a parent may get frustrated and they may say some things that they shouldn't say because a lot of times the kids may be acting out really because of something that's going on between the parents, and the parents don't realize that. And so what I've seen happen is now you have this issue where the kids, believe it or not, now they turn the parents against each other because they're saying, oh, mom says this about me and mom says this to me, which may actually be true. Mom, and I'm just using mom as an example because typically the mother is the custodial parent, now mm-hmm. the child realizes that there's a risk between the parents and there there's something that they can that they can turn around unfortunately to use to their advantage. A lot of times the custodial parent tends to also be more of a disciplinarian. And so the kid will now want to be at dad's house for example because there's not as much of that that goes on with dad, but that's because dad is probably only seeing you 4 to 6 days a month. 
if you think about it, if you really add it up out of the entire month, a lot of times two weekends uh, a month, that's only maximum six days, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. So we see a lot of that. We see a lot of we see a lot of these of these issues, and they they just really come out of. It, it could come from anywhere. It could come from mom. It could come from dad. It could come from the kid realizing that there's an opportunity for them to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Well, I, w- I will tell you that I see this even in cases where you have sh- joint shared custody. There's there's usually a disciplinarian and an, a- an enabler, in especially in divorces. Um, it's one of the reasons why people often get divorced is because of very different parenting styles. And so what's one word of advice that you could give to parents who are in that kind of situation to help them not get into that kind of power struggle with the kids? Communicate. You have to communicate and you have to come together and decide because you don't stop being a parent because you stopped being husband and wife or you stop being in a cohabitative relationship, you're still a parent, and you still have to parent as a unit. So the biggest thing that you can always do is always support that other parent. Now, of course, we know that there are some times where you shouldn't do that. But for the most part, you should always support that other parent's ability and responsibility to be a parent and when that parent makes a decision whether you agree with it or not fundamentally you need to always have that united front with your children right so often there's one parent who's more reasonable than the other so what if you are the reasonable parent the other one doesn't want to communicate with you um, really blocks communication do you have any advice for people in that situation now, when you say block communication, do you mean communication with the child? Um, no, between each other. So you're talking about communication with the children, or are you communicating with each other as parents? Well, I was referring to communicating with each other. I mean, there mm-hmm. there's going to always be some situations where you may not be able to do that. But I think one one thing that, that I see that works all the time is if, you you have to always take the high road. It, whatever the other parent does, if you don't engage and you always take the high road, at some point your child is going to be able to make the decision for themselves about who's the, I hate to use this term, but for lack of a better term, the better parent. So you mm-hmm. have to do what you know is the right thing all the time, take the high road all the time, because at at some point your child is going to be able to see that it really is the other parent. But the more that you tell the child that it's the other parent, the more they probably are going to dig in and be against you because you are still talking about their mom or dad, who they who they see in a different light than than you may see them. Mhm. Yeah, I find that to be the case from all the personal experience that I've had is that if you take the high road, even in a very difficult, contentious situation, mm-hmm. that as your children grow, they start to feel which which home feels safer, which home feels like, even though it, the, the disciplinarian parent may have stricter rules, it feels better to yeah. know that your parent is really there for you, that they're going to 
go to the PTA meetings and, and do all the things that are necessary to keep mm-hmm. you healthy and happy. Um, so let's let's talk about back to dating again because we were getting into a whole parenting thing, which is a whole other show. But um, let's talk about, because I, I experienced this, that you know people divorcing often don't realize it, that there's a big financial um, impact when you go through divorce. Many people are starting over uh, businesses, begin again. I know many women who started their own business after divorce like I did. Um, So people's financial situations are not always so good. And then there's alimony, child support. So if you can talk to that for a minute about how child support obligations, alimony payments impact a father's new relationship or maybe even a future marriage. Wow, that's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) That is a a big one because I've seen everything from every year the the father or the non custodial parent is being dragged into court for a modification because for example, the custodial parent may know that there's an annual raise or there's some type of annual bonus, so that's one thing that I see that that has a a negative impact because that means that you know your own personal lifestyle really can never improve because as soon as it's coming in, pretty much, you know, it's it's out the door. So that that's had a, a negative impact, especially because oftentimes, even though that happens, there is still a request for additional funding for something else. Or the child may say, Well dad, can you can you pay for sports or can you pay for something else where and, and the dad may be paying forty percent of his gross income for child support. Mm-hmm. That can be a very serious problem with with the dating, especially when you're talking about now you're entering in another marriage because you you now have an an entire household that you may very well be taking care of and so your contribution to your present household is going to be very limited. Then there's a, a question and, and I've seen this play out in a very negative way. There's there's family number two and now child, a new child comes in, and so the non-custodial parent may go and ask for a decrease in child support payments because they need to be able to financially support the, the present family, for lack of a better word. Now there's, there is, unfortunately, sometimes the custodial parent will tell the child, well, they, you know, they they don't love you like they love the new baby. Or now that they, now that that dad or dad has his new family, now he can't come and get you as much, and and he can't contribute as much. And oftentimes they've limited visitation, they've limited access to the child, and now they've asked for more money that they can't get, or the father needs to come in and get a modification so that he can contribute where he lives, and it just becomes a big, big mess, and it's very detrimental to the children. Mm. So what do you suggest in in these cases where there's modification and there's struggles financially? Any suggestion as to how to, you know, how to deal with that? Well, one thing that I tell my clients is that if there is a financial deficit, you have to go for a modification. I mean, you, you absolutely have to do that. 
I've had some dads, and, and I'm using dads because that's my primary demographic, but mm-hmm. I've had some dads come to me that after we look at everything, it's much better for them to pick up a part-time job. It's much better for them to find another way to bring in additional income than it is to just ask for the modification and go through the process of having the modification because, again, that's a cost involved. And and that's re- it's really a cost benefit analysis. Do I pay, you know, do I do I pay Latanya? I'm making this up. You know, do I pay Latanya ten thousand dollars to do this, or do I just eat the that additional ten thousand dollars that she's asking me to pay? So there's really a a cost benefit analysis where you have to say, do I, you know, take additional money out of the house to try to fight this, or do I just agree, uh, or or at least come to some type of some type of compromise? And mm-hmm. the the reality of things is that although things there looks like there's a shift and all of that, there isn't really much real change. It takes a while for for change to come. And so what I always tell my dads is that you really need to be prepared to live well below your means so that you can continue to maintain your lifestyle just in case this happens because you never know. And and that's really tough because you want to be able to live and enjoy your life, but it's very, very tough. And that's that's really the advice that I give a lot of my dads in that situation. Mhm. Yeah, I mean people just have to be mindful. I mean, from everything you're sharing, you know, be prepared, be mindful, be open with your communication. It's the same same message over and over. Um so let's talk about some of the key differences in dating between the non-custodial and the custodial parent. Okay. What do you find to be some of the key differences? Well, with the with the non-custodial parent, it's actually a little bit easier because you always know when when you are going to have access to your child. So you always know when they're going to come over. You always know when, when they are going to be there. There typically is not that time where there is, you know, for example, with a custodial parent, you may, I don't know, you may plan a lunch date. I'm totally making this up. But you may plan a lunch date, but your child gets sick from school. So now you have to be home. You can't do some of the things that you otherwise would do. I think that oftentimes with a custodial parent, there there's a little bit of an issue because what happens is that the non-custodial parent sees this other person that's, that's able to spend more time with their child than they are. So mm-hmm. that creates some jealousy as well, uh, and the, the, the problem becomes – how much input do I have? And this is actually for, for both both sets. How much input do I have in who is around my child in an influential way? Who is the mother figure, for example, for the non-custodial father? Who's the mother figure to my child when he or she is there? And, and vice versa, who's the father figure to my child when I'm not around and how much time is this person spending? Because like you were saying, the conversation that you had with your children, a lot of parents don't have that conversation, but sometimes kids are really too young to even understand that type of conversation when parents get divorced. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. it just may be that they're just, they're not old enough or mature enough 
to even understand what that what that really means. And so mm-hmm. now now how do you incorporate this other person into your life? Because I, I love what you said. I think it was it was really great that you your thought process was I'm only gonna bring them around if this is serious where they may be a consistent part of the kids' lives. A lot of parents mm-hmm. don't think like that. Unfortunately, a, a lot of a lot of custodial parents, whoever they date, their child knows. So they may see someone for three months and then someone else for six months and so year. How how does that look? And so, oftentimes, that causes a problem. Yeah, and and they have sleepovers. Parents. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. that issue too with the sleepovers. And I remember. A friend of mine, she had men sleeping over all the time, and her kids were fairly young, but not that young. They were like pre-adolescent, and she said, "Oh, they're just thinking that mom is hugging, mom is cuddling, mom oh, no. has a good friend." I'm like, "No, they don't. <laughs> There's yeah, they no don't. way that they think that nothing is happening. I mean, kids are pretty smart, and." You know, which is why, even if they're little, like you talk to them on their level because kids are afraid that you're going to replace their father, their mother. Um, you know, what does it all mean? And and how are you thinking about your kids' feelings? Because they never asked for the divorce. They became party to the divorce because of what happened. And so, you know, my my goal for the first two years was to make my kids' lives better, was to attend to their emotional needs to, you know, really get them settled and grounded so that I don't bring a new person into their life before we're even all settled and healed. You know, it's it's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of turmoil that goes on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, I know with my kids, when, when my ex started to see somebody very seriously, which happened pretty soon after the divorce, my kids weren't comfortable with the relationship and ended up living with me full-time because they liked it better at my house. They felt safer, and they felt that their attention, they were getting the right kind of attention um, and that their needs were being considered. So it was not something that I planned. It was not something that I told them to do, but they they figured that out on their own, which is what you were referring to before, where you take the high road and your kids figure out where they are going to feel better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, in our last few minutes together, um, what what words of advice do you want to give to parents who are dating after divorce? What are some of the key key things that you want them to take away? One major thing, I, I do want to address sleepovers. Don't do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it when, when your kids are home because they are going to know, and it it probably is going to become a a challenge, number one. Number two, always keep your children engaged and help them understand that they are just as important as anyone else in your life, that you're not replacing them, you're not replacing mom, you're not replacing dad. This This is just something else. Because it's very important that your kids understand that they are still just as important to you as they were before you started dating, and I see that a lot. And I would also tell parents the biggest, the 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 bigger than biggest uh, thing that you can do is never ever ever speak negatively of the other parent. 
because you're still talking about your child's parent, regardless of what they what they've done, because your kids will always be able to make their own decisions if you let them. Mm. I love that. And I actually, my parents got divorced when I was, right after I got married. And my father started calling me and bashing my mother to me on the phone pretty much every night. And I told him that I can't hear him speak that way. And, you know, whether or not I agreed with him, that was irrelevant. And I was 28 years old. But it doesn't matter. It's my mother that you're talking about, and it's not okay. And I told him, and I said I would hang up if he continued. And he continued, and I hung up, and then he called back, and I hung up, and he screamed at me, and I hung up. So it was. it's really important to empower our children also to know how to speak up. Like my kids know how to say, I don't want to hear about the other parent. Like they, they're... They're emotionally mature enough to, sure. to be able to say things like that. So I, I think we have to also raise our children sure. with the communication skills to empower themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So, Lat- um, Latanya, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And please let our listeners know how they can find you. Yeah. And thank you for having me. You can reach me at www.latanyamore.com. Dot com and from there you can connect with me on all of all of the major social media platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you again and thanks everybody for listening and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you.